Well, good morning. You know, in three weeks or two, not counting today, we'll have our annual. Uh, we, uh, as a church, we uh, have a kind of a two, threefold approach to our missional uh, giving. Uh, one is we sponsor a church in uh, Africa and Burundi, uh, and we partner with the South African leaders, and we work in the church there. So we have a local church-based uh, philosophy that most of our support goes to churches, local church, whatever ministries. And then second of all, we have some local uh, ministries we are a part of. Uh, uh, Pastor Kim, my wife, is on the board of uh, Pathway to uh, Freedom and uh, Path to Freedom. I think not Pathway. I've got that Pathway on my mind. Uh, but um, anyway, it's a, a home for those that have uh, uh, been sexually trafficked. And so we have some other local things we give to. Then we, uh, once a year, our compassion side, beyond what we do here, all of that is supported through percentages of our offering we give back out. But once a year, we do an all-in push for our compassion side, with, and we go through a ministry that we know the leaders, we've, we've met with them many times, and it's a rock-solid uh, integrity, uh, compassion ministry, Convoy of Hope. So we'll do an all-in offering to sponsor children, and the, the money goes for uh, sponsoring of children in needy countries that they work in, but also part of it goes to whenever there's a disaster locally. Uh, uh, hurricane. People say, "Hey, Pastor, we're going to do an offering." I said, "We don't. We don't. Have, we already have. Uh, we're already there on the ground with Convoy of Hope. They're there when the tornadoes came. They were there when hurricanes came. They're there when the fires from California. So anyway, it's just a great ministry. We'll do the offering uh, the la- uh, last Sunday in February, I believe it is. Uh, so just wanted to give you a preparation for it. And then one other thing on your your, your uh, Let's Connect card. Um, we're doing a, a, a equipping the saints. This isn't just about how to join our prayer team for ministry time at the cross. It's for anybody. You're not committed to do anything other than learn and grow uh, on how we do kingdom ministry in the vineyard, how the Holy Spirit works with gifts, how we have a certain style. So if you're going to pray over people in this church, we want you to learn how we do it. Doesn't make us better than anybody else, but this is our house and we want you to learn to do it in our house, the way we do it. So uh, if I came to your house and you took shoes off before you come in, I'm taking my shoes off. Might have a hole in my sock, but I'm taking my shoes off. So this, you learn house rules, and, and, but you'll be equipped and empowered, whether it's in your own family, small group, ministry, or at the cross, learning how to pray for people. So I got to find my Bible. I'm not anything without my Bible or a Bible. Uh, so this morning we're going to be in Joshua. We're in a series called Possessing Your Possession. So Joshua chapter 1. Uh, it's probably some of the most familiar verses for some of you uh, in, in the Bible. You can come back to it over and over and over and over again. Joshua 1, 1 through 9. It's God giving this, I want to say a young man, uh, he's, 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 he's probably at least in his, uh, he could be in his eighties, uh, uh, or so he's not a young man, but he was Moses's assistant. He got to walk with Moses throughout uh, the whole journey of leaving Egypt, being in the wilderness. And then God's got the greatest event this nation should ever go through. They're on the, on the edge of the Jordan river. 
And they're about to cross into uh, the promised land that God gave them. And, and, and God takes away their best player, their best leader. Moses dies. So there's this massive sense of, of corporate weakness. Uh, there, there's a sense that, I don't know how you ever felt, but when my dad drove, I'd always play in the back seat. And I never worried about anything because dad was driving. And when I'd be in the car with somebody else's parent, right, I, was, I was more sitting up watching. And not that I could do anything. I just didn't have that peace that dad's at the wheel. Well, Moses had been at the wheel. Now they got a new driver. And you, can you imagine that? You're, you're looking at well over a million people. They're about to lead into a holy war in which God said this land. Now, you got to remember when you read Joshua, you take this story Bring it into the New Testament. We're not going in and killing people that are in a house that you think God wants you in, and you're going to drive them out of the house and take possession of the home. That's not what the kingdom of God in the New Testament is about, but that's how it worked in the Old Testament. And you might think, well, that's unfair. You know what we miss, and people with fairness, they miss the reality that God owns everything. It's God's land. He can give it to whoever he wants to, and he can take it from whoever he wants to. Everything belongs to God. And so he's given Israel this land to go get. It's a a promise, it's an invitation, but they have to go get it. And this morning, I want to kind of take you through the journey of preparation because all of us are going to come to Jordans in our life, the Jordan River. It was... It was the river that blocked them at flood season from crossing babies and children and animals and, and to get to the other side. It was a barrier. It was a, now, some people see the Jordan River crossing as death. And the old songs would speak of, you know, crossing over Jordan to the other side. And, 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 and I think it very easily could represent. Remember, you're taking the Old Testament and making an application to our lives in the New Testament. I'm not going to stand at a river, literally, and put my foot in the water that God tells them, I'll part the water when you put your foot in it. I'm not going to have, uh, I've read a story of people in uh, uh, an eastern country that read this story. There was a flood waters. They were trying to get to the other side, and they said, let's just believe God that he'll part the waters. And they all stepped in and were swept away and drowned. We're not in the Old Testament anymore. God's working in a spiritual realm. Doesn't mean it doesn't affect physical things, earthly things. But these people are at a barrier in their life. You'll come to that barrier. We talked about Moses dying last week. We're all going to come to the Jordan River if that's what it kind of pictures, crossing over to the other side and how God joins us and gives us the courage to walk through that Jordan River. River, but it also can represent many other things that we'll talk about uh, this morning in our spiritual journey of what it takes to get to the other side. Now, getting to the other side is just the beginning. It's uh, uh, it, it, that now they have enemies to face. They have giants. They have they have. You know, it's not like woo, whippee, we crossed the river. Now the fight begins. That's just getting to the fight. It took a miracle to get to the fight. In mu- as much as it takes a miracle to win the fight, 
And so I want to just kind of come back. There's so many promises uh, that, that are in these few verses, so many encouragements that, that are just so powerful. And I just want to kind of take us through uh, some of them this morning. And so uh, God speaks to Joshua to speak to the whole nation. In verse 2, says, my servant Moses is dead. Now then, in other words, it's not over yet. And now it's time that his life has ended. His story is stopped, but the story of God marches on human stories end. God's story doesn't. So God says, now then you and all these people get ready. So what do we, you know, we're going to talk a little bit. What does get ready mean? All of you, you and all of the people get ready to cross the Jordan river into the land. I'm about to give them to the Israelites. Now, it, th- this is the call of God. So when you get these promises, when you're back in there saying, I need courage and I want to be strong and, and, and you're, 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 you're finding that in everything you do, if you follow the, the word of the Lord, you'll be prosperous and successful. You can't take those promises out of the context is God's leading you to do something. God's inviting you to follow him. God has made a promise and he's asking you to get ready to enter into the promise. And so the promises of God are never to be a sedative that relaxes you and that causes you to be idle or lazy or comfortable. They're, they're a, 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 I don't want to use the wrong word, but, uh, but with the opposite of a, 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 a stimulant. Okay, stimulant. They're, they're not just caffeine. It's high-end, Red Bull, Beyond. It's, uh, the promises are meant to stimulate us, not to sedate us. Many churches, uh, and we can all be guilty, have made heaven a sed- sedative. And not a stimulant. We've made the promises of the victory of Jesus and his blood and forgiveness into a, got my passport stamp, you know, got my shot. Did you get Moderna or did you get Johnson? You know, now we're good. No, you're not good. It's not, there is no good. It's not meant, God's promises aren't meant to just cause you to be, you know, hey, God's got this. He's got this, but he wants you to participate with him in what he has. So here's Joshua. He says, you're going to cross this Jordan. They're like, wow, how do we got, we, we need a boat. No boat. We need a bridge. No time to build a bridge. Uh, we need, we need it. Nope. God says, I love this. He says, verse three, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. This to me is the, the kind of thematically the theme of the whole book. It's God says, I've given you a promise. And he says, every place you step, one step says, that's mine. Every place you put your foot, God says is yours. You don't put your foot there, you don't get what there is there. This is the journey. In fact, he says, in, and, and they'll, they'll put it up for you, chapter 3, when they're getting ready to cross, and we'll be in this in a few weeks, but we'll go back to it. But the, 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 he tells the priest when you get to the Jordan, he doesn't do it like Moses at the Red Sea, lifted his rod and, you know, the waters parted and then they walked across. This is a different deal. And in chapter 3, verse 13, as soon as the priest who carried the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the 
Jordan. I mean, when you get your Bible out, you get home, or if you use an electronic, if you can underline, if you could circle that about nine times, put a big star by it, because he didn't part it until they touched it. Now, did they, did they get their feet wet? I'm going to say probably they didn't feel it. But they had to touch it. And when they touched it, simultaneously, there's this step by faith, not by sight, that the Bible calls us to. It's horrible to the flesh. It's how the kingdom works. It's how you'll grow. It's how you'll stop growing. What I want to talk to you about tonight, today is the power of one step. Just one. The power of one. Because the first step is always the most costly step. The power of one step to get to the other side of what God's called you to. The power of just one step. God says every place you set your foot. So read the Bible, the opposite. It would say this. The opposite would be, you're not going to get any place in this land that you haven't stepped on. You're not going to get it. You will only get what you go after. You'll only receive and possess what you possess. That's why we call this series Possessing your possessions. It might be yours on title deed. It might be yours in a bank account. But if you don't learn how to draw upon the bank account, you can starve to death with money in the bank. You can be like one of the first NFL high paid players. And they said to him, you know, what happened to your first paycheck? His first paycheck was $280,000 for one week. First paycheck. $280,000. You know what he did with it? He framed it and hung it on the wall. And they never, it, never, it never cleared the bank. They're like, he'd never had a check in his life. He didn't know how to draw. He was just excited. He got a check that had a big number on it, but didn't know how to translate that into, now that's easy for us that know how to do checks to judge him. But there's people in here that have Bible promises that you've hung on the wall, but you've never cashed them. You quote them, but you don't own them. You preach them, but you don't experience them. You say you believe them, but you don't know how to appropriate or to step into that promise. So every step. Now, you can imagine Joshua at this point is like, it's like, you know, I got it. And so I love the heart of God. He says, he, he, he gives him this huge vision in verse 4, verse 5. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, never forsake you. Be strong and courageous. The reason to be strong and courageous is not because you're strong and courageous. The reason to be strong and courageous is that God's promised presence is going to be with you, that he'll never leave you, never forsake you, that no one will be able to stand in front of you. You can't just tell people, hey, be courageous, be strong. You know, there's different types of courage in this world. There, there's natural courage. I admire any kind of courage except there is a demonic courage. There's a courage that is insanely fearless. People that go shoot people. 
and then shoot themselves. You could call that some type of a courage, unafraid of the consequences, demonically inspired. There are people that do things to hurt others that have this rage courage. Uh, and, and so that's evil, okay? Then you have natural courage. Our, our society pretty well worships this. It's people that are willing to climb a mountain without a, 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 a safety line. It's people jump out of planes and bungee jump off of bridges and adrenaline junkies. It's, it's people that get in a ring MMA and beat the pudding out of each other. With people that, you know, I wouldn't know more. I wouldn't get in if I had a gun on me to get in a ring with some of those guys. I'm not sure you could hurt them with a gun. And, it, and we see this as, you know, courage. And, and we see, you know, athletes that do great ventures uh, and, um, and just willing to face, you know, go through pain and, 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 and then there's heroic natural courage of police officers that, and firefighters that, that run into the fire instead of away from it. And, then, and it's, it's, it's amazing courage. But you can have all of that without Jesus. You can have courage that's earthly courage, natural courage, human courage that doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. It's, 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 it's in your own makeup. It's in your own natural abilities. It, just like you could be a phenomenal musician without Jesus. But you can't be anointed without Jesus. You can't touch people's spirit in the kingdom. So there's kingdom courage. And that's what Joshua is being admonished. Kingdom courage isn't that willingness to grab a rattlesnake by the head and hold it up and show how tough you are. Uh, kingdom courage is about the willingness to hear what God tells you to do and do it. It's the obedience in spite of how your flesh wants to respond. Be, be your natural inclination. When, in the natural, when, when, uh, C.S. Lewis says it this way. I don't want to, I don't want to, it's a, it's a short quote, but he, he says when, you, when you're standing at a place like the Jordan, I'm putting it in that context, but C.S. Lewis says that often you'll hear a voice, uh, you'll hear a voice inside you that says to, to yourself that urges you to be cautious. Now there's a good verse. Uh, uh, our children, we used to take them hiking and we'd go to waterfalls and we'd get up to the top of them and we'd get them out on a rock and they'd have time with their journals with Jesus and, and they'd listen to what God's telling them. And, and I'm t- it's, it's it, teaching your children how to hear God. Of course, you've got to learn. It takes a little courage to do that. We'll talk about that in a minute. Our youngest, I don't know how old, she was old enough to, to write, maybe six years old, Casey, who was baptized at five, uh, uh, by the way, in, in the Gulf of Mexico. And people said, that's mighty young. I said, no, it wasn't. She knew Jesus at five. And they, we asked her when she came out of the water. I said, honey, what did it feel like in front of the whole church? She said, I felt like Jesus coming out of the grave. I was like, come on, come on, come on. She comes to us and I said, you know, Kelly got something and Christy got something. I said, Casey, what did you get? Jesus told me not to get any closer to the waterfall. (laughs) Very practical word from God. There is a Holy Spirit caution that's good. What I'm talking about is the caution inside of you that says, hey, don't be too radical with your commitment to Jesus here. I mean, we'll go to church, but 
This, you know, all in thing of, you know, I'm going to give my money. Nah, you know, be careful, you know, not everybody. This, I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to go under the water and ba- I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to get someone to put hands on me and pray over me. Yeah, be careful. You know, there's crazies out there and there are. Be cautious because, you know, you don't lose control. I've seen grown men that could fight two or three men with mixed martial arts back into the corner when we're praying over people to be filled with the Holy Spirit and they're like this. That's some of you in this room. You got fear in the wrong way. You're fearing what's good and have courage to not fear what's bad. That's not good. To to have a caution against things God wants to do in you is, is, is a type of spiritual insanity because God wants to give you good stuff. God wants to bless you. But to be afraid of that is that inward flesh we all have that says you're not gonna be in control. Something might happen that you didn't plan. Change may happen. You got your life all neat, organized, and God's going to come in and mess with it. That takes courage to let God mess with your life. It takes confidence. He's not going to mess with you and leave you alone. God says, I'm going to walk with you across the river. I'm going to walk with you across the Jordan. I need courage, but it's not the courage the world can give me. It's not courage I have naturally. I have some natural courage to do things that maybe other people wouldn't be comfortable doing. It's just natural courage. But when it comes to trusting Jesus with my life, the living God and giving up control, when it, when it comes to, to obeying God in ways that are uncomfortable in my life, that mess with my idols, Oh, we don't have idols. We don't have statues in our house. No, but you have them in your heart. God will touch them. And how you react will show what they are. And it takes courage from God to face the Jordan and step into it. One step. The hardest step is one step. I, I, I got here today in my life after almost... 45 years. My wife and I took my first step in a little Baptist church in Fort Myers. It's now called Community Baptist, I believe. And Leonard Anderson's the pastor, doctor. I believe he's a doctor. His daddy was Dr. Anderson. And in 1975, as a druggie and an angry, lost, miserable young man, I went to that church with two buddies. And he preached the, the message and made a call to come to the front in front of the whole church and give your heart to Jesus. And I said to God, if you're real and you make someone else step out, I'm all in. He's a terrible negotiator. (laughs) Terrible. The word compromise is not in the Bible when it comes to God. Let's make a deal. God's a terrible negotiator. He says it's my way or no way. You can have your will or my will. You can't have our will. It's his will be done and so no one stepped out and I took that one step I stepped into the Jordan I don't remember all the other steps but I remember that first one I remember I had to pass by my two buddies to get through to the other side and I had to walk up but I I didn't care once I took that first step 
And that first step cost me surrender. It cost me who's going to be in charge. But it brought me across the Jordan with Jesus now in charge of my life. I, I, I love this. I love this quote. You've heard me uh, use this quote before, uh, but it, it is one of my favorite quotes. And it says this. Think of this in reference to every place the sole of your foot stands. There's not one square inch of the entire creation, not one square inch in the entire creation about which Jesus Christ does not cry out, this is mine. This belongs to me. That's lordship. That's what you step into when you take that step and say, I say yes to Jesus as my Lord. You just stepped into, there's not one inch of your life, not one moment you'll live that Jesus doesn't plant the flag of his kingdom and say, this is mine. You belong to me. Do you think of salvation that way? You're no longer your own. You're bought with a price, with the blood of Jesus. You have a new owner. You have a new Lord, a new master. So every other thing has to come subservient to him or it's an idol. One step took me into the kingdom of God. And then someone showed me in the Bible that you need to get baptized. Well, I've been baptized as a baby. I didn't remember it. My parents did. Good on them. So I went to my mom and told her I was going to get baptized. And she got all freaked out. Um, you're violating the family, the tradition. And but Yeah, I was. There's not one square inch, including your family, including your family's tradition. So she goes to her priest, Anglican, Episcopal, nice guy, good guy. He said, Mrs. Tilson, I, she described me as being excited about Jesus and I'm just constantly reading the Bible at night and I'm not doing what I used to do and, and now I'm going to go get baptized in the Gulf of Mexico and, and he's just gone off the deep end. She was so concerned about me and she loved me but she thought some wacko called and got me or whatever. And So the priest looked at her and said, Mrs. Stilson, something similar to that happened to me in my life but, but I dried out and I calmed down and it wore off. Don't worry about it. It'll wear off. When my mama told me that, I came up with a motto back then that I've kept our whole ministry. That when I got baptized in the Gulf of Mexico, I took one step and it was cold. How cold was it? Listen, it was December. It was December 23rd in the Gulf of Mexico. I'm a Florida boy. I had a traumatic flashback memory of it yesterday because we have these guests from Maine. Maine people don't know what cold means. They're in the pool, it's 60 degrees. And then he's like, come on in, come on in. I put my toe in like, ah! My whole body, I, I, got, I got froze. I'm piddling around and trying to fix something in the pool. You, get, you know what's coming. He shoved me in the pool. He violated my free will. I screamed like a little baby hitting that one. Ah! I think I walked on the water right out of the pool. 
I haven't, I haven't, I'm still shaking. Now, is that how I got baptized? Let me just tell you this about God and putting your foot in the water. Listen to me. There's theologies that'll take you one side or the other, and I'm somehow and mysteriously embraced the, 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 the middle. There's one side that says, God's going to shove you in the water, like what happened to me at the pool yesterday. And, and they so believe God and salvation is all about him and his grace. And, and I believe that. But at the same time, there's another side that says, God will take you to the water, but he's going to push you in. You have to take that step. Here's what I think. I think they're both true. I think God pushes me because I wanted to be pushed. And which came first? I don't care because I got my foot in the Jordan. I think God said, you step in. But I think the moment you even crack your leg to lift your foot, to put it in the water, the Holy Spirit's already engaged. He's already given you courage. He's already given you confidence. He's given you faith to step out in something that you're like, I don't know where it's going. I don't know what's next. Take the first step or you'll never get across the Jordan River. I took that step, got water baptized. They, the Holy Spirit came on me. This is a Baptist pastor that didn't believe in the spiritual gifts. I came up out of the water speaking in tongues. And he goes, quick, you guys get some towels. Jamie's chattering his teeth so much, he sounds like he's speaking another language. <laughs> to show you that that doesn't give you immediate wisdom, I went home and told my Big giant contractor, dad, tough as nails. I said, dad, I got baptized today. He just kind of, and I said, I can speak in tongues. And I spoke in tongues in front of him. Oh my gosh, his head spun around on his shoulder. His green soup came out of his mouth. Oh, God bless him. God bless him. God bless I took one step into the Jordan to get saved. I took one step to get back. God put in my heart, I want you to preach my word. I don't know what that meant. I just knew you had to go to school somewhere. So I put my foot in the water and drove my little Fiat station wagon to Jacksonville, Florida. Never been in a big city in my life. Wept the whole way there. Couldn't find anywhere to stay. Never stayed in a motel in my life. I was 19 years old. I was a Fort Myers boy. I just put my foot in the water though. And then I put my foot in the water in 1978, and God gave me a beautiful bride. And I took a step, just one, one step to leave the little room there, to walk up to the front, to be able to greet her. And she had taken a step earlier before I met her to give her life to Jesus. And then she responded to an invitation, unbeknownst to me, at her little Baptist church and had an evangelist preach the gospel and say, do you want to go all in, all in with Jesus? And she's already been saved. And, and he said, if you want to follow Christ even to the mission field, I want you to come to the front. And out of the whole church, two young ladies stepped forward. One of them was Kim Compton at 18, 17, I don't know, 17, 18 years old. She walked that aisle. She had no idea that the mission field, it wasn't Japan, it wasn't China, it wasn't Mexico, it was Jamie. She had the, the territory of Jamie. And I'm telling you, you couldn't get a bigger mission field. She stepped into the unknown of me. And I mean, I've been trying to take me since then. If you read this chapter about taking the city of Jericho, crossing the Jordan, think of it as you. 
And God taking you for Jesus. He's been taking me for Jesus since 1975. And it cost me a step. My wife and I took our car and loaded it up with our dog and little baby Kelly that just led us in worship. And we left to go to a church that had 12 members and had no idea what they'd pay us or how we'd survive or whatever. We just loaded up because God said, go. We weren't smart enough to ask any questions. We just left. We stayed there 17 years after one step. That first step's expensive. I'll never forget the first step I took to go to a counselor's office. It was a walk of shame for me. I'm a pastor. I tell people how to do it. I don't need anybody to tell me how to do it. That's a good sign you need to go get some advice. I'm the expert. I'm not living it, but boy, I can tell it good. And I stepped in that one step. I I cried. I felt like I wanted to put a bag over my head and just sit in this office. And it took one step to get in there to face some of my addictions and sin and, and pride and, and just one step. It's costly. But boy, God says, I'm with you. He's not waiting for you to get to the other side and say, all right, son, come on. The prodigal son came home with one step. Woo, he was to the father. The father's with you in that step. You're not a, you will feel alone. You will not feel courageous and strong. Kingdom strength is not about a feeling of being strong. Kingdom strength is a feeling of being inadequate, weak, and oh God, oh God, help. It's not, you know, we confuse it. Natural strength, you feel it. All right, I'm, come on, work myself. I'm, come on, I'm going. Kingdom strength, it's like, I'm going to put my hands up and say, I love you, Jesus. Grown men, the thought of lifting a hand up, fear just invades their whole body. I'm going to be one of them. Yeah, you are. I know crazy people that do that. Come on. Now I'm, that voice, C.S. Lewis says, be cautious. Be cautious. There's a time you better listen to the Holy Spirit, but he'll never tell you to be cautious when it's a step that brings you closer to Jesus. Be cautious. Don't, don't tell anybody about your sin of pornography. Don't tell anybody because you might have to quit. Be cautious. Don't tell anybody about what you're doing with your money that's not, you know, you know be cautious because you know, you know. Yeah, he does know. And he says, if you want me to walk with you, you have to walk where I am going. It's not get courage to do what you want to do. It's get courage to step into what he's called you to step into. It took a step for Kim and I to load up our now three daughters and another dog to come to Cape Coral. It took a step. It took the church. Sometimes these steps were army steps. These were, we'll talk more about that in time to come, but these aren't just individual things this was a it's personal the things i'm telling you about but there's a corporate step when we bought this building this church took a corporate step with no money two thousand dollars is all we had and we put it down no money in the bank and we had leaking members as we bought this for six hundred and forty thousand dollars in 1970 or 1999 it was a step to cross the jordan and we're on, we, we got the other we had giants to fight 
It wasn't easy. The next step after the first step, it's a little easier. It never gets easy. Maybe simple, but it ain't easy. It's clear what God wants you to do. People that act like it's easy, I don't know what they've ever stepped into. It reminds me of the scene of false courage or human courage. We love this series alone where there's survivalists all by themselves and they're put on somewhere remotely and they got only take a few things with them. And they show you the backstory of people taking months and months to train and prepare and get ready. And this one guy, he prepared, he trained. He was a big guy, tough guy. And he had his family around him before he left and they prayed. And in the name of Jesus, if a bear comes near me, in the name of Jesus, better pray for that bear. And they just cried out to God. He was so filled with courage. They dropped him off on the island first day they all have a a thing that you can tap out and press the emergency button and they'll come evacuate you he's not spent the night on the island yet he steps into a pile of bear scat and then he hears something 50 yards away in the woods he steps back he said now he's recording himself nobody's there he says i don't have a good feeling about this place (laughs) boom he tapped out first day women made it 70 days, that big, tough Jesus name. That's the wrong kind of courage. It's not something you whip up. It's something you go before God and say, God, I need your courage. I don't have it. I need your courage morally to do the right thing. To resist temptation takes moral courage. To humble yourself and get help takes moral courage. To choose to get baptized when you haven't. We have someone getting baptized today that's in their 70s, never been baptized. That's a step of courage to come in that tank. We have someone else that's much older and they're getting their health reasons. They can't go all the way under. So we're just going to put some water. It's not about how much water. It's how much Jesus. Amen. It's step into what God has. It's take that. You're never too old to take another step. Just one. Don't let the devil scare you with, wow, look how, whoa, look at that. Whoa, look at that. Jericho's waiting on you. Whoa, look at those giants land. Whoa, look at, nope. All I got to do is take one step. And once you initiate the courage and acting in obedience, God's right there stepping with you. In fact, you're stepping into his steps. And one step, the power what is that one step you need to take? Maybe today you've never gone public with the faith in Jesus and said yes to him as Lord. I mean, you need to take that step. Or maybe today you've never been baptized and you've taken the step of giving your heart to Jesus, but we do spontaneous baptisms here. We have people that are planning to be baptized, but you may not have planned. And we say this, it's better to go home wet and clean than dry and dirty. And I never finished my story, which I tend to not do, because I got traumatized remembering being pushed into the pool yesterday. 60 degrees, who goes in that? Some of you northerners are going, yeah, that's good, that's warm, and we're all in, yeah, that's, that's swimming weather. Not down here it ain't. I'm going to just help you, we pray for people down here that do that. But what I said to my mom, and I committed in my heart, is that after my baptism, I was going to be wet 20 years later. It's It's been 46 years ago. I'm dripping wet. I'm still wet. So are you if you followed Jesus. And if I look at you and you're in this church and you've been baptized as a believer, and I say, are you still wet? 
your answer better be? Just do that. Because Jesus doesn't wear out. He doesn't dry up. He doesn't run out. He doesn't leave you or forsake you. And when he begins, he finishes. But you got to take that first step. What's that? Some of you, it's going to be this week. Call a counselor. Find one. Be a big boy, big girl. Get some help. Some of you, it's going to address something in your home that needs to go out. Something in your life needs to go. Just take that first step. I knew a guy that took his TV outside and shot it with a shotgun. Some of you need to take your computer outside and shoot it with a shotgun. Just shoot it. Shoot the internet. Go get the internet, but just shoot it. What's happened? Someone will call the cops and just say it was a, it was a killing. It was a killing. Was... Let's stand up together. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. just want to take a moment before we do our baptisms. And those of you that are being baptized, you can come on, make your way to the front. If you've got to grab something, go grab it. But I want to take a moment for each one that's here. And maybe there's one. Listen to me. If you're not, you don't need to move or talk if you're not getting baptized or in the band. So just listen. Give, give God your attention right here. If the Jordan in front of you that's flowing is that step to say publicly, I say yes to Jesus as my Lord, then this is your, this is your time. Take that one step. If you're here and you're not sure where you stand with Christ, then I want to invite you right where you're seated with your eyes closed, nobody looking around, just to say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, just ask him. Say, dear Jesus, I need you in my life. I don't have the courage it takes to follow you, but you'll give me that courage, Lord. Forgive my sins and come into my life, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. It's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. I wonder if you, hey guys, how we doing? We're going to see a baptism? Somebody's getting baptized. Who's getting baptized? You get baptized. All right. Come on. Come on. It takes courage. That's courage. If you're in here and you've not publicly said yes to Jesus as your Lord, let me just see your hand. Let me recognize you. And you just make your confession. As the Bible says, if you confess Christ before others, he'll confess you before the Father. If you deny him before others, and you don't have to deny him verbally, it's just silence can deny him. I say yes to Jesus as my Lord. Who's not done that? You need to make this your day of stepping across that Jordan River of it. Are you raising your hand? Yes, man. Go ahead. See, I say yes to Jesus as my Lord. Amen. Come on. Come on. Are you saying it too? Go ahead. God bless you. Come on. Ring the bell, baby. Ring the bell. Come on. I didn't hear it. Ring it again. Come on. Ring it again. How many vineyard people does it take to ring that bell? A lot. Come on. As I used to say in some of the old country churches in Georgia, if that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. Someone else, you want to make public your faith in the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior? Could be a child, adult, first time here, been here for a long time. Okay, yes, go ahead. God bless you.
Come on. Good. That's what we live for is to ring that bell. There it is. Come on. The timing was perfect on that. Huh? Anyone else? And if you want to get baptized, didn't plan on it, you just find your way up here. Pastor Charles, Pastor Jason, Kim, you'll just find them and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it today. Now, I don't know, you think you can watch better. Why don't you just go ahead and have a seat? I think you'll see better if you go ahead and have a seat. We're going to start baptizing people. And what we'll do, and go ahead and get the first one in there. What we'll do is after we baptize them, we'll take them out of the water. And then we'll take them to the side. And we got some of our prayer folks that pray the Holy Spirit to fill them and empower them. So we're doing a, you know, all in with Jesus here. So we're going to start with the youngest. Is that what we're doing? Okay. This is Cora. Cora, you love Jesus, don't you? Her mom and daddy have done a great job leading her. It's interesting. Her daddy's name is Jordan. So we've been crossing that Jordan all day. And you know, Jesus got baptized in a river called Jordan, the same one. So uh, Jamie, our children's leader, is going to baptize her. Stretch out your hand, church. Bless her. Bless her, Lord. Come on. Let's pray over, team. You lay hands on her. Next. This is Wayne. I'm going to have to do Wayne. Richie, you help me with Wayne. I've eaten too many of his meals not to help baptize him. Wayne helped this couple right here that come to Jesus a couple weeks ago. He invited them. They were his neighbors. And he helped them come to Jesus. They've been serving, came to Christ. Wayne's been serving in our kitchen, loved Jesus for many years. But he's never been baptized. So we're going to baptize him. Wayne, because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You'll be buried like Christ, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. In Jesus' name. Gene just came to Jesus two weeks ago. Come on, new beginning, Gene. Woo! Gene, because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of Christ, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Come on, come on. Come on, guys. Bless her, Lord. Come on, Joe. 
One of the things we're praying for this year, you join us if you pray for this church, is for household salvations. Not just mom coming to Jesus, not just dad coming, but mom, dad, children, dogs, cats, whole family come to Jesus. This is a family household salvation right here. Come on. Because of your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and following him in believer's baptism according to your word, you'll be buried like Christ was buried and raised in the likeness of his resurrection in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on, come on. Now, what's your name? My name is Ann. Ann. Do you mind me asking how old are you, Ann? Yes. No. How old are you? What did he say? How old? Oh, I'm 81. We are youngster. You're a youngster. You just can sit down. You can sit the chair behind you. You can sit on that. That's fine. You can sit right like this. Here you go. You want to do this, honey? No, just sit, no, just sit right there. You're good. You're good. Here. And because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and as an act of obedience to God's Word, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Wash her clean, Lord. Let this joy All right, come on, church. Let's stand up. Let's show, let's show some courage in worship today. Some of you stretch out of your comfort zone. Some of you do some things maybe that you feel uncomfortable. And that little voice that says, be cautious, step on it. And just say, I'm all in with Jesus. One step. One step. Let's worship him together today. Come on, kids. Let's stand up. We're going to worship Jesus. All in with Jesus. Come on.